we do wrap up what I believe has been an incredible journey called belief uh, today. And we're going to wrap it up by looking at one of the final virtues in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit produces certain kind of fruit in our lives, right? He produces it. And we're going to wrap that up today talking about gentleness and humility. Humility is not listed as one of the fruit of the Spirit, but, but I think that you're going to understand and begin to see today that as we talk about gentleness that, that, that they are very, very similar. And, and more importantly, the humility ought to be a part of who we are as believers uh, in Jesus Christ. But this has been an absolutely incredible journey. And I want to let you know about something coming up on Sunday night. Say Sunday night. Sunday night, May the 1st. Sunday night, May the 1st. We are actually going to call an audible with our 6 o'clock gathering. And we are actually going to join forces with the, the other two churches here in Bernie that have been participating, as well as Oak Hills Church. We're going to gather at the Bernie ISD football stadium here by Bernie High School. And we're going to have one large corporate worship experience as we celebrate... <clears throat> This journey that we've been on called Belief. So us and Oak Hills, First Baptist Church here in Bernie, Curry Creek Baptist Church, we're going to gather and fill the stadium, amen? And we're going to worship and celebrate. So there'll be some more coming in relation to that. You're going to hear more about Belief uh, coming up May 1st, that, that final time together. But we wrap this series up today, and I want to talk about gentleness and humility. And, and you oftentimes hear that they save the best for last. I don't know if this is the best, I don't know if it's the best, but, but I believe it's probably something that, well, that, that, that we might need to, to hear and let this, this final virtue, these final words just kind of linger in our spirit. Gentleness and humility. Now, I don't know about you, but, but, but some of the other virtues that we've been looking at have, have kind of worked me over. Have they worked you over? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We, we, that we, that self-control, and remember that? We started off early with that one. For some of you, you know, you haven't been back since then because it hurt that Sunday, right? Uh, well, I, I think these final two are, are, are something that need to kind of just stay with us as well because instead of being calm and gentle, Aren't we more likely to rant, rave, and raise our voices? We are. I mean, when, when, when's the last time that, 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 that you saw a, a gentle person being portrayed as, as a hero in an action movie? You ever seen that? No, we see guys like John Wayne and Rocky, Rambo. We see the Terminator. We think of the matrix and, you know, as, as a boy gro growing up, this thing called gentleness was not on my bucket list of, of qualities to, to admire. No, you, we want to be rough and tough. We're, we're, we're from Texas, right? This is America, right? And, and, and we're rough and we're tough. Gentleness, come on. Americans aren't known for, for, for being either gentle or humble, are we? <laughs> We're, we're, we're not known for either of those things. I, I remember a song growing up. Matt Davis sang it, didn't he? Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. Why? When you're perfect in every way, right? Even, even if we don't think we're, we're, we're perfect, many of us have this Mary Poppins complex, and we think that we're practically perfect in every way, right? Maybe that's why we have trouble at, at admitting that, 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 that we are wrong or that, that we've made a mistake. And so, so we end up oftentimes with these power struggles going on in our culture. 
taking place at home and at work and, and, and in the community. I, I, I'm not, I'm right, Dad Gummin. And if you would just listen to me, oh, the world would be a better place, wouldn't it? Gentleness and humility. Well, the Bible speaks to it not only in Galatians chapter 5, but also in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. The word of the Lord says this Let your gentleness be what? Evident to all. You mean I can't just keep this bottled up inside? Lord, just, 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 just do a work in me and I'll just keep. No, your gentleness should be evident to all. And so the key question for us today is, is how, how do I demonstrate gentleness? How can I demonstrate thoughtfulness and, and how can I be considerate towards others? How many of you are so thankful that you brought somebody to hear this sermon today? Amen. Because this is a word for, for them, right? No. Remember what I just prayed, Lord, do a work in me. I mean, what is it about this particular virtue that gives us fits? As a society, we, and even in the church, well, why are we so uptight? Why are we so tense? Why are we so stressed out? Why, why is gentleness such a stranger to so many of us today? A greater question to ask is, if, if Christ really is, 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 is present in our lives, why aren't we as Christians then noticeably gentler to, to those who, 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 who do not follow our great healer? Why aren't we different? If we have him and this Holy Spirit within us that produces, what, why aren't we gentler then towards those who, who don't know our Savior? But yet we get upset with them because they don't know him and they're not acting like he wants them to act. And they make decisions that, that, that he... And we just get so frustrated with them. They don't know our healer. And instead of getting torqued and ticked and... We need to be gentle towards them. Mr. Rogers, anybody know him? Not Jeff. Jeff, good to see you. Jeff and Corinne, you're missionaries from Malawi right here. Can we show some honor this morning? How about it? Yeah. Love that. That spotlight is like right on you guys. It's like the Shekinah. It's just so glad you guys are here. And, and, and church, through your faithful giving, we're able to partner with Jeff and Corinne Rogers and, and, and make a difference there in Malawi. And the Lord's at work, isn't he? Amen. Mr. Rogers, not Jeff, but Mr. Rogers. Wasn't he not the epitome of greatness? He wasn't one of my heroes growing up, I just got to tell you. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Would you like to be my neighbor? That, those were not words that, could you be mine? That was not for a, a kid that was hooked on Evil Knievel and G.I. Joe and the Incredible Hulk. Anybody with me? I mean, sweaters and sneakers. I mean, mo mo most of us, most of us don't, don't want that, do we? And so that, that, that creates a dilemma for those of us who follow Jesus because we see in this verse that our media team is so graciously put before us. Thanks, guys. We're called to be gentle. Now, that original word was, was used to express a balanced and intelligent, decent outlook on life. 
Being a good citizen or an admired person or or a trusted individual, all of those words fall under, all of those ideas fall under this this word of being gentle. It's a trait for, for, for someone who would work out their differences with others in a calm way. Now, how many of you need this message today because it's so hard for you not to live like that? Now, the Greeks had, a, had another word for gentleness. In fact, Paul used it in, in Galatians 5 when he was talking about the fruit of the Spirit. This word gentleness means humility. It means considerateness. It means meekness. It usually refers to things or, or objects or people, wor- wor- words that are, are gentle, maybe even soothing medicine. It's soothing. It's a gentle medicine. The word oftentimes is used to refer even to, to, to tame animals, right? In fact, think, think, think about a horse. The, the, those animals weigh an average of 1,000 of pounds, and, and, and they have the potential just because of their size to seriously injure. They, they, they can even kill human beings. Yet, yet, yet we can walk up to a vast majority uh, of horses, and, and we can pet them, can't we? We, we can even ride them and, 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 and we can just sometimes even hug them, hug them and maybe even feed them from, from, from the palm of our hand. They're, they're, they're gentle. Now, is this a reflection of, of their power and strength? No. It is an indication of their nature. What they are like after they've been trained. You see, gentleness for a horse is, is a choice to, to allow his power. It's a choice to allow his, his strength to be controlled. You see, a gentle person is not a person, or not a weak person, but rather a, a strong, secure, mature person who, who uses their strength to face real giants and challenges in their life, but chooses not to run roughshod over others. Go ahead and take a picture of that. Or if you're using your version app that we promoted today, it's already there for you. It's already there. It's already there. You see, gentleness reflects the opposite of this angry harshness that, that is oftentimes put on display in our culture today, right? This anger and harshness that, that grows out of maybe even personal pride or, 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 or a dominating selfishness. Listen, Christ wants us to be gentle. And he wants us to become gentle for the sake of others. We oftentimes talk about gentle medicine as medicine that is easy on the stomach. It it, it won't upset it. Listen, gentleness is not only good for you, but it's also good for the other person, isn't it? (laughs) Plato called gentleness the cement of society. Paul says that it's a trademark of followers of Jesus. You see, Jesus was gentle. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and what? I'm gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Now, misunderstanding of gentleness has led to, to misunderstanding of Jesus. So some people in our culture see, see Jesus as a 60s flower child pushover, don't they? 
Maybe you've seen paintings of, of some Middle Eastern white man depicted with long hair, blondish hair, bluish eyes, you know, got this little sentimental smile on his, on his face. And, and that, the, the, the message that we get from seeing Jesus like that is that we are to be nice, right? But Jesus wasn't always nice, was he? So sometimes Jesus got angry. In fact, he cleared out the temple one day. Another day, he called Peter, one of his dream team, one of those that he chose. He called him Satan in order to him to get behind him. He didn't ask politely. He just told him. And if you don't think that that, 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 that was strength harnessed, then the, 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 the pity Peter if it hadn't have been harnessed, right? And pity us. Pity us if that strength had not been harnessed under control on the way to the cross. You see, I'm reminded today, and as you are as well, in Palm Sunday, that this was the day in which Jesus was making his final entrance into Jerusalem, and the crowds greeted him that day with palm branches, waving, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But yet we don't find Jesus being celebratory that day, do we? Because he knew what awaited him on that Friday on Golgotha. And he knew that those people that were waving and shouting accolades and praises towards him would soon turn on him and be the ones that were jeering at him and spitting on him and cursing him and calling for his very life. Dude, Jesus could have wiped them out that day, couldn't have gotten off that donkey and just obliterated them all. He could have scolded them and pointed out them, and, but no, he didn't. See, it was strength under control. You see, when we understand gentleness from a biblical viewpoint, it's not weak, but it is also not harsh or violent. Gentleness is controlled strength. Gentleness is strength under control. Listen, we need to be gentle. We need to be gentle in our relationship with others. Paul writes to the church in Colossae in chapter 3, beginning of verse 12. Since God chose you to be holy people, he loves you. You must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and with patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Oh, remember, the Lord forgave you, and so you must forgive others. And I, I, I love this verse. I hate it on one end, but I love it on the other because it, it reminds me that, that this was not just something that I struggled with today, but, but even in the early church, that they were no different than you and I are today. They, they sometimes had to bear with one another. Their relationships in the early church, and I know that we talk about it a lot and what they live like, but listen, it was work to live in unity and harmony with one another. And, and, and there were just times in which, which th th they didn't get along. And, and, and I'm so thankful that, that Paul is having to remind them, hey, listen, you guys need to, you need to reflect before you respond. You need to chill out. You need to remember something here, right? Paul says that they need a heart and we need a heart of gentleness. And instead of using our strength and instead of using our size or our words to, to deal with each other, and, and, and instead, we, we need to keep our strength. We need to keep those words reined in. And we need to go through the process of really working it out when we have difficulties with others. We need to go to Jesus. We need to learn from him. 
Listen, he'll give you the strength that you need. He'll give you the ability to control it whenever you want to blow it. You see, we don't choose gentleness because we're too weak to fight. No. As God's holy chosen people, we choose gentleness because we are followers of the way of Jesus. And that's who he was. And I know it's hard sometimes, but we choose gentleness. Which is the choice that I think Mr. Rogers made. You see, Fred Rogers was a Presbyterian minister. And even though he, he might not be our poster boy for strength, he definitely had it. At the 1997 Daytime Emmy Awards, he was presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award. And he walked on stage in front of all those daytime stars and, in 1997, all those GQ men and all those glamorous women. And Fred Rogers stood at the microphone and he said this, all of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you take along with me just 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are? Those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life. 10 seconds of silence. And then he lifted his wrist and he began to look at the audience and he looked at his watch and he said, I'll watch the time. And as those movie stars were gathered, those TV stars were gathered that day, they realized that Mr. Rogers wasn't kidding. And they did what he asked. <laughs> One second, two seconds, three seconds gone by. Men's jaws grew tight. Women's mascara began to run. Tears were coming from both, right? And Mr. Rogers, who was an authority figure who actually expected them to do what he asked. He stood there and counted 10 seconds. And they did. And after those 10 seconds ran out, Mr. Rogers finally looked up from his watch and he made a, a few short remarks. And then he said with gentleness to everyone listening there that day, may God be with you. Gentleness. The ability to command a room of people that are arrogant and wealthy and know-it-alls and all that, but yet they understood in him that this was not just some sweater-wearing pushover, but he actually was a strong man, but his gentleness was under control. Hey, let's be gentle people. Can we do that? I'm just going to share something with you. I want to just maybe work today, jump in as you come and as you serve and as you mix and mingle. There may be an opportunity for you to blow a fuse. Somebody might cut in line. Somebody, your sausage wrap might not be to the correct temperature of your preference. You might have to park and actually walk a little bit to get to the square, Right? It might be a little chilly, a high of 62 degrees today. And it could be really easy for us to blow it and lose it and to exert our power and influence and control. Do you not know who I am? Come on, no, let's just re be reminded today of who our Savior was. And let's be gentle as He was. Can we do that? What about humility? 
I'm really proud of this section of my sermon today. This is absolutely incredible. So, yeah, some of you will get that at 1030 today. So. You may watch the show The Voice. Anybody watch The Voice? I love to watch The Voice. Those, those people can sing. They can't sing. They can sing. You know what I'm talking about? Last year in two, 2015, there was an episode. One contestant was getting firsthand coaching from Pharrell and Lionel Richie. And the young man could sing. The problem is he knew it. And he wasn't afraid to let people know. In fact, I remember watching, he said, he made this comment. There's no song I can't do. The coaches, Pharrell and Lionel Richie, kind of looked at each other like that. Then Lionel Richie, who was the winner of four Grammy Awards and who sold over a, a hundred million records in a career that stretches back to, to when I was younger and, and, and even before that with his time with the musical group known as the Commodores. Easy like... Yeah. Lionel Richie looked at this young man and says, there's no song I can't do. And he said this, son, if you're really good, they'll tell you. Don't you ever tell them. <laughs> I don't think that guy won. <laughs> Humility. Man, is that not a difficult trait to pin down? It's hard, isn't it? I mean, you want to be confident in your abilities while, while not appearing to be arrogant. If you know you're humble, are you really? And if someone were to ask you if you were humble and you said yes, wouldn't that place you in a position of becoming proud and that you are humble? I mean, it's, just, it's hard, isn't it? I, I, I hope to foster, foster this sense of humility, and, and, and I know that I should, but, but what happens when, 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 when I take pride in my humility? Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Well, maybe we're not perfect in every way, but we're good people, and sometimes we know it. And it's very easy to, to, to allow pride to, to trump humility. This, this humility stuff, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. But yet humility is a characteristic of those who follow Jesus. Really? You told me it's not listed in the fruit of the Spirit. I know, but there's other parts of the Bible, young man. In fact, look what it says in Philippians chapter 2. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look, not, uh, don't look out only for your own interest, but, but take an interest in others too. Why on earth would we want to do that? Everything about our human nature tells us to take care of ourselves, to, to look out for our own, to, to put ourselves first, doesn't it? To, to let everyone know, hey, look how good I am. We, we all want to do that. And yet we find in the Bible, oh, the Bible, we find that God wants us to do just the opposite. It's not an easy thing, is it? But it's the right thing. And do you remember what I said about right last week? Right is always right. How do we know it's the right thing? Well, it's because it's what Jesus did. It's also what he taught. In fact, do you remember that last supper that I referred to earlier today? Do you remember that night? Do you remember 
what Jesus did when his disciples had gathered? Do you remember that time? And, and, after, and as they were enjoying a meal, it says as they were eating, Jesus got up and he wrapped a towel around himself and he, he did something that night that was reserved for the house servants. See, their houses had servants that, that normally when guests came, they would take their shoes off and the house servant, before entering the house, would wash the feet of the guests. But there was no house servant that night. There was just a divine servant. And his name was Jesus. And he got it from the table and he knelt down in front of each one of those men and he took their dirty feet into his hands and he washed them. Why? Well, it was because the house servant didn't show up that night. Oh, no. See, Jesus knows some stuff. Tweet that. Jesus knows some stuff. And he knew what he was doing. And he was setting for them an example. He was showing them, modeling for them what he desired that their lives would look like. In John 13, 15, he says, I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Why did he do that? He did that that night to show you and I the way that we are to relate to others. Listen, washing feet and serving people is not normal human nature. But you know what? We are not here to learn about becoming normal human beings. We are here to learn about becoming more like Jesus. We're not supposed to be normal. We're supposed to be abnormal. We are to be out there people to be like Jesus that's what I want and it's not easy God knows that I have a long way to go anybody else with me (laughs) but I have a map in front of me that's going to show me how I'm supposed to live like Jesus I have directions and I have guidance right here to show me one thing that if we ever want to be more like Jesus we're going to have to embrace is we're going to have to become humble people who look out for the needs of others first. So why should we choose humility? Well, first of all, because of what I just said, Jesus told us to, and he not only told us, but he showed us that humility was how he lived. But secondly, humility is good for us. Did you know that humility is good for you? There's plenty of teaching in God's word that tells us that that humility pays off in the long run. Now, I know that this is contrary to to, to human nature. We we, we naturally think that that we need to let others know how good we are, how smart we are, and how successful we are. But I want want you to look at some some verses in Scripture. Look what it says in in Psalm 147.6. The Lord supports the humble, but he brings the wicked down into the dust. Proverbs 11.2. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes what? Wisdom. And Proverbs 16.18. First pride, then the crash. Ooh, the bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Listen, humility might not come naturally to us, but if we believe in the wisdom of these words, we see that humility is actually good for us. You have to know 
That if I'm a humble person, that doesn't mean that that I have to constantly be walking around putting myself down. That's not what humility is. In fact, I love what C.S. Lewis defined humility this way. He said, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. That's it. You see, you don't have to think less of yourself. Humility does not mean that you lack self-esteem. It does not mean that you have no self-worth. It means that you have such a sense of self-worth that it doesn't bother you to put others first. That's humility. I'm so confident in who I am. It doesn't bother me to, to, to serve. It doesn't bother me to put others first. You see, humility means that I put others first. Why do we do it? Because Jesus told us to. Why do we do it? Because Jesus did it himself. Why do I do it? I don't know about you, but I want to be like Jesus. I know it's not normal. I know it's not natural. But listen, it's Christ-like. And I don't know about you, but I do want to be like Jesus. And humility is it's not listed in, in this list of the fruits of the Spirit, but, but, but I believe that we can put it in the same category as an attribute that God clearly desires to see in our lives. Would you agree with me? He wants that present in your life and in my life. How can we grow in humility? Mm. I would just say grow in your walk with God. Because as you look at the life of Jesus and as you see how God reacts and how he's treated us, I'm telling you, I think you'll get a clearer picture of how we're to respond to people around us and how we're to treat them. I think if we are to consider who God is and how he responds to to when things go wrong and and, and if we can learn from him, I think that that we will learn that, well, God's reaction a lot of times is not the way that we react in our day and age. And so we can learn from his example. And he didn't just write about it, but he sent his son, Jesus. He actually came to us and he lived it. He washed feet. He met needs of people. He was kind and compassionate. He wasn't weak. He wasn't a pushover. But he kept his greatness and his power and his strength under control. And he loved others. Church, I pray that we would possess the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And let me remind you, you can't produce that kind of fruit on your own. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit, as it says there, to produce this fruit in you. Would you allow the Holy Spirit of God to have his way in your life? Would you allow him to come and do what he wants to do in you? Would you really pray that come and fill this place?
I pray that you will. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning as we get ready to pray and be dismissed. But before we do that today, I believe that there's still some work that the Holy Spirit of God wants to do. I want to ask our prayer ministry team to come and join us down front today. One of the greatest privileges we have as a church is to pray with and encourage people. We believe that that the Holy Spirit of God is alive and in His work. We believe that He's calling someone here today that that has never said yes to Jesus. We believe that that the Holy Spirit of God is at work in your life right now. Hey, listen, if there's an uneasiness, if if you're feeling a little squirmish, and if you just kind of feel like there's something stirring, listen, it's not because of me or Dave or anything else that we've done. Listen, that's the Spirit of God at work in your life, and He's drawing you to Himself. You see, listen, you were created to have a relationship with the Father. Did you know that? And today, that spirit of hopelessness or despair or lack of joy that that you have, listen, that is not from God. It's quite the opposite. He said He came to give you life. And the reason you're feeling those things right now is because you're not connected to the one that you've been created for. You see, you need to say yes to the Spirit. You need to say yes to Jesus. And so here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to pray and I'm going to dismiss us. And, and I've got several of my friends. I've got more friends than this, but these are the ones that are here. They're here today and they would love nothing more. Wade, would you love nothing more than to pray with somebody today and tell them the difference that Jesus can make in someone's life? And so I'm going to pray and dismiss. And as people are leaving, if you want Jesus and say yes to Jesus and receive him as Lord and Savior, hey, listen, they're here today. Maybe you also, you're just here and you're just dealing with some stuff. Listen, I know that life throws us a curveball every once in a while. I know that there are people here today and, 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 and you're hurting or you're facing something that just seems insurmountable. I'm telling you, we're here today also to pray with you about those situations of life. We want to encourage you. We want to pray with you and stand in the gap with you. We want to go with you on behalf of you to the throne of God right now and pray for him to see you through whatever you're facing. And so whatever we can do to to encourage you, I pray that you would come today as we leave this house. Father, thank you for the reminder today that we are to be gentle people, that we are to be people that are filled with humility. God, that does not mean that we are weak and pushover. No. Gentleness is strength under control. And Lord, we're humble because, well, it's who you've called us to be. You've called us to place the needs of others first. God, I pray that those would be defining characteristics of the people of this house. Father, I'm praying today for that person who needs to say yes to you for the first time. Lord, I'm praying to you that right now they would run to the front and say, I need Jesus. It's in his great name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.